0: Welcome to this bonus episode from the I Can't Believe I Get Paid to Do This podcast from BBC Good Food. Get ready for some trade secrets direct from this week's expert guest. You can pause this episode at any time to make notes and for more information visit bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcasts. Hello, my is Lulu Grimes. I'm the um, Group Managing Editor at BBC Good Food and Olive. And I'm going to talk to you now about how to pitch to editors. We get a lot of pitches for both brands. So this sort of covers quite a few of the different strands that you might think of pitching ideas for, from recipe writing to um, great places to go on holiday and eat food. Um, And it's just a sort of roundup of experience that I've had and also a few tips from other people that I've spoken to who also work in the industry. So the first thing is if you're trying to get a bit of work experience or you want to come in and visit a magazine, then the best thing to do is just to send a straightforward email saying, this is what I'd like to do. Is it possible? Um, And If you're sort of constrained by time, you know, it has to be on a Tuesday or something, then say it has to be on a Tuesday. But before you send an email like that, go to the publication or the website or whoever's website and see if there's any information on how to get in. So, for example, if you are trying to get in with the BBC, they have a section on their website that tells you when you can ask for work experience and when you can't and how to go about it and a form to fill in. A lot of places have this, some places don't. And then the next thing you need to do is look up who you should be talking to. There is no point pitching to, uh, you know, sending an email to someone who is too important. You want to send that email to the person who's most likely to be able to answer the question without having to refer it. So if you send it to me, the managing editor, you'll probably get an answer. If you send it to um, Cassie, who's the food director, you'll probably, you know, you'll get an answer from there. But if you send it above, if you send it to, you know, the chief executive or something... They're not even going to know what the answer is. So, you know, make sure that you email the right person. If there's someone, and you can read the flannel panel on any magazine, and you can usually find it on a website as well. If there's someone who's got Test Kitchen in their title or um, food stylist or something like that, and that's what you want to do, then try emailing that person first. They can always refer it onwards. So work out who who you need to ask the question of and what exactly you need to do. So that's sort of trying to get your foot in the door. You could also, um, if people are not a sort of part of a business, but if they're freelance, um, so if you want to try your hand at food styling or something like that, you want to work an assistant, do the washing up, whatever it might be, then possibly a better approach on social media. You know, send someone a DM and say, please can I come and help you? Because you're more likely to get a quick reply that way. And also there's a sort of, If you think about how you are, if you get information in or questions in, how do you best like to deal with it? You might be, again, much quicker if you do something, if someone sends you something on social media. So that's sort of getting your foot in the door. If you're already an established um, recipe writer, then, and you want to pitch recipes, you have to know who you're pitching to. And that means you've read that magazine, you're really familiar with it, or you've read that website, you know what they want. You know who their audience is because you can see, say, for example, they never write recipes in which they mention children or families. There is absolutely no point pitching them something that you think they should have because they've already decided they don't want that. You know, I've got 65 lunchbox ideas is absolutely no good. So, you know, don't don't even go there. And you can't change, you know, editorial the editorial direction of a publication is established and already thought through. So, and by that, I mean who their audience is. They know who their audience is. And then when once you've worked that out, have a look through, ideally, go back a couple of years or just look at the volume of um, content there is and think to yourself, oh, they always do, I don't know, barbecues in August. I might be able to get a barbecue feature through. But don't then pitch that barbecue feature as if it's a, you know, fantastically bright idea to do a barbecue feature. They've been doing barbecue features for 25 years. They know about barbecue features. It's kind of like what's important about yours? What's different about yours? And what is going to make yours something that all their audience is going to want to cook? So you need to think like that as well. And then one of the things that always really annoys me is when you get something that's negative. So, you know. Poor old vegans have such a hard time because no one knows what to cook them on Christmas day. That isn't true. And it also, why would anyone publish a sort of article making it sound as if vegans have a horrible time? You know, it's like, be positive about what you're going to do. So instead you might pitch, I don't know, here are six dishes you can make, which just by chance happen to be vegan, and everyone's going to absolutely love them. And that's why you should make them because they're great and they taste great and they're really inclusive. So you've got to think quite hard about what the point of your pitch is and not be um, negative about it. Um, I would say also that one of the things when you're pitching, if you read the publication or you read the website, you will understand better what the language that everyone uses is. know what level is it is it at so if you pitch something through and sort of um say you use language that's a little bit too colloquial or babyish or something like that if that's not how that publication is they're not even going to look at it because it's like this person has no idea who we are so think about your language a bit as well but don't you know overthink and then if you're pitching something like food and travel I would say a lot of places it's like it's really important you know what you're talking about so if you've been offered for example a trip somewhere or you're going somewhere and you say oh I'm going to Paris for three days can I write you a roundup for the best bakeries how are you going to do that in three days you're not going to be able to do that in three days so you're you're over promising on something that you probably can't deliver um, you might say, I'm going to Paris, I'm going to meet someone who knows everything there is to know about bakeries in Paris. I propose to do an interview with them and they will be telling me what the best bakeries are. Then yes, of course, you are going to bring knowledge. It's not your knowledge, it's someone else's knowledge, but they are the person who really knows what they're talking about. Finally, if you do pitch, your idea might not be the iteration it and it's accepted. it might not be the iteration it ends up as. So some of the best, Articles really come out of a um or you know features come out of conversations that you will have with the person who is giving you the commission. you know you've got an idea they come back with, well, have you thought about it from this angle? you think about it from a different angle? It might go backwards and forwards quite a few times, and it may not even be particularly close to your original idea, but what you end up with is. A better feature or a better podcast or whatever it happens to be so also be very accepting of someone coming back and saying yeah that's quite good but actually our audience would prefer it for this angle you know your ideas are there to be developed they're not sort of you know set in stone so you know expect that kind of thing because that's quite often how it works an article about sandwiches can be expanded to all sorts of other things or it might be you know it gets sent down a route of sort of narrowing it down to just one kind of sandwich. You just, you don't, you don't know which way it's going to go, but if you're open to suggestions and can then carry out the commission, that's a great thing. And that is what's going to make an editor like you. And also when you send your article in and it comes out in print or wherever, particularly if it's print, read it really carefully because it will have been edited and sub edited and uh well certainly if it's in good food it will be sub-edited brilliantly and you should go over it carefully and try and work out what has been changed because quite often that will make you a much better writer in the future if you can see what's been changed and where you might have been going wrong and it might just be tiny little things but i would say one of the mistakes people don't make is to read through their features in print and also if something gets changed and it's wrong, then do get in touch and say, look, you've changed that and it's wrong. But if something's been changed because it fits the publication better, don't get upset about it. <laughs> because, you know, that's the sort of part of the editorial process. Anyway, I think as I mentioned before, if you there are some articles on um, various jobs within the food world on bbcgoodfood.com and I am who I am, as in I go by my real name on... forms of social media and I'm quite happy if anyone wants to get in touch.